The light fades with death's cold embrace. You've already been zipped and tagged. Struggle as you might, it will not help. No one can break out of the body bag. Here to oversee the autopsy, your hosts, Chris Thomas and Broke Rider Dave. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Body Bag Podcast. I'm your host, Broke Rider Dave, and with me always is Chris Thomas. What's good, everybody? Sounded like you almost forgot my name there for a second. I almost said uh, your actual name. My bad. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> and this week we have a special guest, the talented author, Brianna Moore, who's published such books as Mouthful of Ashes, Trick Treat, and Other Stories, and The Unboxed. Thanks yeah, for it's coming great to, to be here. Yeah, yeah thanks oh. for coming. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll oh, do do that one more time. Thanks for coming to the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, we're excited to talk about your work and Last Night in Soho. There's a lot of pent up uh, wanting to talk about a lot of stuff since we had to move some stuff around. So <laughs> yeah. all of it might just come pouring out at once. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> so I believe, Dave, you read a couple of her books. I'm still right now in the middle of Unboxed, but I'll get on to Unboxed when we get to it. But yeah. Uh, you you went ahead and checked out some of her books, though, correct? Yeah, I've read uh, Mouthful of Ashes in both the Trick or Treater books. Okay. And when I was reading Mouthful of Ashes, like I noticed, like some of like it's a lot of different like vampire lore. Mm-hmm. So, who would be like your favorite fictional like vampire? Ooh, I like this question. Oh, um, that's that's a tough one. The vampires in Mouthful of Ashes are basically I took the Lost Boys vampires the what we do in the shadows vampires and mm. i added a little bit of buffy in there so okay that's one of those choose. shows i need to that might be my new binge watch i've been looking for what i've never really watched buffy the vampire slayer yeah oh, joss Buffy's whedon so good, is yeah. a problem but the show is good yeah that was big that was a that was 90s right that was big in the yes. 90s yes yeah oh that's my era right there so yeah i'm sure it'll fit in just like a nice glove so yeah go on there dave i'm, I'm done i just wanted to say yeah. that vampire stuff. <laughs> yeah. All that to say, I don't have one favorite vampire, I guess. I, I yeah. have many. Many. I, I, if I had to, I'd say probably Lestat. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in the middle of reading Vampire Lestat, actually. Uh, yeah. I read the interview with a vampire, and I've been stuck in the middle of Vampire Lestat for a while, which bummed me out because uh, we all heard about Anne Rice not too long ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say my favorite would probably be uh, Elijah Michelson from the originals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've been you've been very team originals. Um, well, it's one of my favorite time. shows of all time. So well, yeah, <laughs> that explains it. Right. I yeah. did watch Vampire Diaries back in the day. Yeah, uh, I but to, I never finished it. Uh, I had to go back and watch it just to catch up on everything. Mm-hmm. Being human's not bad either. I don't yeah. think I've seen that one. There's a UK version and an English version. I th- I thought oh. both of them were pretty okay. <laughs> but but back but back to the books. Yeah. <laughs> Well, talk about favorites. Like, I really, really enjoy the trick-or-treater character. Thank you. That you made. I think he is awesome. What was your inspiration for him? Uh, sleep paralysis. <laughs> 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 what, that, that was a big part of it. I, um, 
I've struggled with night terrors and sleep paralysis almost my whole life. And Mm -hmm. there was an episode not too long ago where I saw something in the corner and it pretty much looked like what I envisioned the trick or treater to look like. Um, And he was very frightening. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to scare other people because this scares me. And that's kind of my job. So I just, (laughs) did you just put him in the, sorry. Oh no, that's fine. Was there like a recurring character in your nightmares that would always kind of like make an appearance? No, it would, it would just be kind of random. Um, I, when I was younger, I was really afraid of like natural disasters. So tornadoes were big Mm -hmm. and I was really into Jurassic Park, but at the same time I would have terrible nightmares about dinosaurs. So I'm not, I'm not sure what that was about. I don't have those anymore. Now it's mostly like, I don't know, my house catches on fire or the trick-or-treater tries to chase me down a hallway, something like that. Mine, when I used to have night terrors, it was always drowning. Oh, yeah, I've had that one, too. Ugh. Not not fun. And then you wake not up in that weird all. state where you're like, you have to remind yourself that you're awake and this is reality. Yes, yeah. yes. I feel like last nightmare I had was probably about just getting stabbed randomly in the street. Oh, God. Like, mine are always more, like, realistic. yeah. Mine or not. I actually, (laughs) um, I had to come up with a technique to remind myself, like if I have a a dream and I'm lucid, I have a technique to get me out of a nightmare to kind of like redirect my subconscious. And it's um, basically in the dream, I summon Beetlejuice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've had awesome. it's it's been the same technique since I was like twelve, but it works. I just say Beetlejuice three times, and then usually I can shift the focus of the dream a little bit. So the trick or treater, your your work, the trick or treater series. Um, now, I, I that's one that I haven't looked into just yet. I'm reading Unboxed right now. Okay. So does does that have to do with sleep paralysis, or what would you say is that story about? Um, so the trick or treater is really about it's a twisted game scenario. Yeah. Um, it's a be careful what you wish for situation. So mm. basically, there's a character. So the main character in the trick or treater. Um, the short story, not the not the Christmas one, the original one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is not the one who makes the wish, but she gets pulled into it because when you make a wish in the trick-or-treater universe, you have to give up um, a person you love and a person you hate, and basically they are the ones who play the game. Ooh, okay. That sounds yeah. really cool. It, Twist A twisted game with actual stakes. Yeah, so the trick-or-treater is not actually... He's not actually the one who commits the acts of violence or anything like that. He sort of sets up the game, sets up the rules, but he doesn't. It's kind of weird because he's the villain, but he doesn't really do anything except he grants your wish. Is it much like uh, uh, the game master for like a game of D&D or something? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I. It's also kind of like, I explained it to my fiance, is it's, it's kind of like... Uh, labyrinth meets saw in a way oh that sounds odd like both of those (laughs) yeah like with a trick-or-treater as the goblin king ish okay so now i'm just picturing david bowie so david bowie as the uh person i can see that oh i mean i don't hate that but that is he's not a human no no. oh i i I know (laughs) if that works go ahead i mean in my in my story it will be oh that's fine yeah So are you uh, planning to write any more stories, including the trick-or-treater, or are you moving on from that character? Um, it's kind of taken off. I've been wanting to do a series for a long time, and I just I didn't feel like I had the, the, the kind of anchor to tie it all together. But 
Um, I think I'm definitely going to expand that and do more trick-or-treater universe books. So it's going to be a series, but not, not a sequential series. All the books are going to kind of, you know, go together in the same world, but you can read them in any order and independent of each other. That's pretty cool. That's so you can just like pick it up at any point and you won't really be lost. Right. And another thing I try to do in my stories is I try to leave little Easter eggs um, with stuff from my other books so that if you read all my books, you can find the little Easter eggs because as a reader, I love finding that. So I try to include that. Um, Mm -hmm. And the trick or treater series is full of those like the, the Christmas story mentions some of what happens in the in the original story but you don't need to read the original story to enjoy the christmas one okay yeah well now that i kind of have an idea of what it's about that uh once i finished unbox i'll take my pick of the (laughs) trick-or-treater yeah now that i have characters kind of in my mind and yes (laughs) it's definitely worth a read thank you um but speaking of unboxed let me uh just bring it to that real quick I immediately went to unbox and I think I instant messaged you guys uh, when we were having this conversation saying I love stage plays. Yes. Yeah. Which I don't know, for some reason they're just I think it's because I'm a big fan of dialogue mm-hmm. and I just love dialogue centric movies and stories, so that's why I gravitate towards plays. And this one has to do with uh, all about the dark web and mystery unboxings. Yes. Now, I read up to a certain point, and then I stopped for a reason. I got to the point right now where it's just about to kick off, so he just got the box. Okay. And I, I, as much as I wanted to continue to read on, I wanted to stop right there just so I could keep that anticipatory feeling for this interview. Right, right. Because, um, so this being all about the dark web and whatnot, little question, have you ever actually ventured over to that side of, of, the, of the web? I have. I've poked around over there. Um, I haven't made any purchases or really done anything of note, but I, I looked, especially when I was writing Unboxed, I was like, I kind of want to know what I'm talking about, but Greg is not the smartest person in the world, so I only had to know like a little bit. Yeah. Um, Greg, well, as of right now, Greg's an asshole. Yeah. Um, he continues to be an asshole, it just in varying degrees. Because I'm sitting here reading this and... I'm very much on Alice's side right now. Yes. I'm, I feel so bad for Alice. I'm like, this 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 girl is doing everything she can to help you. <laughs> and you're just, you're calling, you're calling her a bitch in front of all of your Everyone. viewers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, even if it was an accident. An asshole. Yeah. And all right, well, good. Then I, then it's, then, then I can continue hating him throughout since you say that he <laughs> continues to be an asshole. And yeah, I'm very much, I'm in favor of writing flawed messy characters because i think a lot of times there's too much focus on making characters i mean i I understand making characters relatable but at Mm -hmm. the same time you know there are certain people you can root for without necessarily liking oh i completely agree because we're we're trying to do uh uh, our own stories right now Mm -hmm. and uh i think one of the pieces of advice that i got from somebody with one of the stories that i got was um, you're going to, it's going to be hard the way you've written this character to make him likable. And, um, and, but in my mind, I'm like, well, he's not supposed to be likable really. Right. I mean, yeah. he's, you can, you can kind of understand what he's coming from, but at the end you can, I can, you can write an interesting character without yeah. necessarily rooting for him. And, right. Uh, yeah. That, that's the approach I always try to take because I mean, no one is perfect and we're all messy in some way. Yes. But, yeah. but I think that might actually make it a little bit harder though to write if you're, cause you want, you're, you're treading that line of, all right, my character is not necessarily likable, but I don't want people to not like reading about them. Yeah. 
Right. Like there, there's a fine line, like with Greg, you know, he's an asshole, but he, he's not, he's not a racist. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, he's not abusing animals or anything yeah. like that. There is very much a line. Yeah. There's yes. Yeah. So, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not blah, blah, blah. what we're talking about. I'm just, I'm looking oh, no, at my, fine. I'm looking at my <laughs> notes and I'm, I'm looking at my notes as, as I'm uh, talking about this, but so are you actually a fan of plays or reading plays yourself? And if so, uh, can you name any that you particularly like? So I, I made, well, okay. So when I first went to college, I majored in uh, psychology and criminal justice, and then I minored in theater. So I, I've been big into theater my whole life. I did end up switching that because there was a weird performance limit and I didn't, I didn't have time to take all my classes plus try out for all the shows. It's interesting how those two go hand in hand because I think uh, we interviewed Haley Newland who was also like a psych, like psych major and researched like criminal stuff too. So it's interesting yes. how the two go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah I, I love Haley, but I switched from psychology to creative writing and it was yeah. kind of nice because I definitely feel like the psychology gave me insight into to characters for creative writing okay yeah um stage wise stage play wise i've been in several shows um i've seen shows on broadway i saw a couple shows on the west end um plays some plays that i really like i'm trying to think of ones that i've read and not seen but that's hard um i really like death of a salesman i've always liked death of a salesman my grandfather he he passed he had Alzheimer's and dementia and Willie Loman always reminded me of him. So even, even now it's hard for me to watch that play, but it just, the dialogue is so good. Mm-hmm. Arthur Miller is so good. Um, I really like angels in America. That's more of a recent one. I like, I like a lot of musicals, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, musicals just intimidate me because I've always wanted to write a musical, but I can't read music and I don't compose and I've never written a song. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to do a musical without doing all yeah. that. Yeah, we're a fan of musicals and plays over here. I don't care who knows it. Yes, we like musicals over here at Body Bag. <laughs> yeah, yes, we do. Um, I guess one one last question. It's a pretty generic question, but, you know, one that I... It's kind of like you have to kind of ask when it comes to dialogue. How much right. of it is taken from actual life experience? Is, like, like, any of those conversations between Greg and Alice, is that taken from something you've experienced or somebody you know? Um... No, Greg is kind of an amalgamation of like three or four different, (laughs) different (laughs) uh, dark web mystery box unboxing channels um, that I just smashed together. And I'm not going to name them because I used I used to name them. But now that Unbox is getting a little more popular, I'm like, I'm kind of scared. (laughs) You're not trying to burn any bridges. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not based on one person. I'm not saying like, you know, everyone who makes this kind of video is an asshole. I definitely don't want to yeah. say that. I just some of them have some tendencies. <laughs> but some that, are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some of them have some tendencies that when combined create an asshole character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that whole like, you know, doing everything for the views is very much a real thing too. So Yeah. And it's kind of wild to see, you know, I wrote unboxed TikTok was just kind of starting to kick off and now TikTok is so big. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's funny because I think that Greg would be even worse if he had a TikTok as well. <laughs> well, there, there's your, uh, there's your sequel right there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would do a sequel, but plays, plays don't sell well. 
unfortunately. Hey, well, you have you'll always have me buying buying one. So <laughs> you'll have that, that one. You'll have that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> Plays make money when they're staged, and unfortunately, yeah. uh, my timing for that for unboxed <laughs> is not good. Yeah, but I still think it's pretty cool. You have all of these books, and then you just delve into stage play too. That's yeah. pretty. I thought that was pretty cool. Thank you. I do want to write another play, um, at least you know one or two more, probably more in the future, and that's kind of just more of a a me thing. I don't mm -hmm. know if I'll publish them, but yeah. I definitely want to write them because it's fun. Um, you got anything else over there, Dave? For uh... yeah, I just wanted to ask a question. Uh, in Trick or Treater and other stories, one of the stories you wrote was called a uh, Mistake House. Yes. And it's it's only about two pages long, yet it was still able to make me cringe. So what's your <laughs> process going into writing something so short, but making it so effective? Um, it's funny because that one I wrote, I wrote it for a contest. I can't even remember what the contest was. I think of all things, it was something on Wattpad that someone like sent me on Facebook Messenger or something obscure. I didn't end up winning, but I, I really focused on short fiction in college. Um, and my professors were always big on tightening it as much as you can, taking out, taking out whatever's unnecessary. And with short fiction, you really need to focus on imagery and you need to focus on description and creating scenes that will stick in the reader's mind because you don't have you know the space to work with that you would in a novel. So basically the mistake house, I just had sort of like a series of disjointed images in my mind. And I knew like I wanted it to be body horror and I wanted it to be disgusting. Um, so I kind of went from there and there were a couple of things I cut just for the sake of brevity, but I, that's probably one of my favorite short pieces I've written. Yeah. It was definitely stuck out in the book. It, for how short, it's a really good story. Thank you. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. That ending definitely sticks with you. Yeah, I um, writing that one did give me a nightmare, which was not great, but <laughs> <laughs> occupational hazard, I guess. There you go. So, in in the, all of the books and pieces that you've written, I like this question that I try to put to all of our authors. Is there a common theme that you always find yourself drawn back to? Yeah, my big thing is that in all of my fiction, it's kind of about humans are the real monsters, mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes we become the thing we fear and the thing we work hard not to become mm -hmm. sort of like a self-fulfilling uh, tragedy. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So I think to a certain extent, all of my work pretty much explores that. And um, it's my favorite, one of my favorite themes to read in literature is, you know, people becoming the monster. I love me some yeah. good tragedy. Yes. Just the idea of somebody just becoming everything that they've promised themselves uh, that they would not become is such a relatable feeling. Yes. It's just, it's it's one of the things, once you obsess over something so much that you, you're just blind to it slowly eating away and, and replacing more of you. Right, you kind of yeah. manifest it. That's pretty cool. Do you have any upcoming projects that are in the works right now that we can be looking forward to? Yes, in March, I don't have a set date yet, but in March I'm releasing a novel called The Reyes Incident, and it is um, it features some found footage stuff. It's like emails and things like that, and it's about a woman who shows up at a police station claiming that um, she went to a radioactive bunker and found a bunch of killer mermaids that killed her friends. <laughs> so there's this cop now that has to kind of take on this case and decide how much of it is 
real and how much is not real and what she's going to do with that information. I love that as you're explaining that you, it just, if you weren't paying attention then, then you hit them with the mermaids who would kill everybody. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it just kind of goes off the rails. Um, the the yeah. main character thinks it's going to be one kind of case and then the girl starts talking and she's like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm equipped to handle this one. I think that's a, that's a good way to, to get anybody interested in a good story is that you, you, you have a seemingly typical plot and then you just throw something in there. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I tend to, when I conceptualize my stories, I like to do, you know, it's this, but with blank. So I mm-hmm. like including that little twist. One of the, one of the uh, lessons that I learned when I uh, took film in college, uh, storytelling-wise, that always stuck with me for years after that is the best thing that you can do when you're writing something is just say the phrase, what if? Yes, absolutely. What if the killers were mermaids? Right. (laughs) Sold. Yeah, I'd definitely be interested in reading that. And you said that's coming up in March? Yes, it's coming out in March. I'm planning to do the cover reveal um, early February. I already have the cover and it's gorgeous, but I'm trying to wait until I can sort of nail down a release date so I can do the cover reveal and the pre-order at the same time. Is that going to be available on Amazon and Kindle and whatnot? Yes. Um, I think I'm going to go wide with it. I haven't quite decided yet. Okay. We will be on the lookout for that. We'll have to, we'll have to get some of that so we can put it in some of our prize packages in the future. Oh yes. I'd love to work something out with you about that. Oh, speaking of which, uh, for for the future, when we do uh, some of those, is there any way that we can get a signed copy for one of our future listeners or future uh, giveaways? Yes, uh, I have a form on my website, a form. I have a, <laughs> I have a whole e-commerce section on my website that's just for signed copies. I noticed that. I thought that was pretty cool. Usually you have to specifically request that, but you have a whole section that people can just you know go online and do it. Yeah, I carry inventory. Um, if, it, if it's low, it will tell you if it's backordered or um, if it might be a while. But for the most part, I think it works. It, it used yeah. to just be a Google form, and then I had to manage my inventory and all of that. But that was not fun. So I switched it over. All righty. Well, is there anything else there, Dave, that, any other questions on your roster? Uh, actually, this one is, uh, I see that you're starting to uh, like stream now. What games are you uh, playing? Oh, <laughs> Um, I feel like I should start off by saying that I'm not good at video games. I am not the person, if you want to learn like tips and tricks or how to get better at video games, don't watch me because that's not what I'm about. Um, I just, I really love gaming. I mostly play horror games. So, um, my favorite series of all time is Bioshock. Uh, that's a good, uh, yeah, Yeah, I really want to play through those on stream sometime. Right now I'm playing through the forest. I don't know if you've played that one before. Is that infinite? Um, I don't know. You said you're playing through what? Oh, you, no, you're saying... The oh, forest. Oh, oh yeah. I thought you were still talking about Bioshock. Was, oh, no, no, no. I thought, no you said, sorry. I thought you said the fourth. I, I, oh, I, no, I thought no. you were talking about the fourth game. Um, no, I, w- I wish there was a fourth. Um, but yeah, I'm playing the forest right now, which is survival horror, where you, you crash on this island and there are these mutant cannibals and you have to find your son. And uh, there's caves and it's basically oh. a nightmare. Oh, I know. I know what game you're talking about. That's for PC, yeah. right? Yes. Um, and based on what people have told me during the stream, a lot of people watch it because they're too scared to play by themselves. But there's something comforting about seeing me scared out of my mind. So <laughs> I think you can play so that with a great. group. Yeah. yeah, you can play it co-op, but I'm just going in because I 
I don't know. I've lost control of my life. If 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 I could make just a small recommendation, yes, if, for future for a future uh, stream, if you do, there, there's two that I've always liked. Uh, Condemned. Ooh. You play as a uh, as a cop, and you, uh, the city is going to hell, and you can pretty much use anything that you can get your hands on as a weapon. Oh, I like that. And it's very dark. You will you will get scared if you get scared easily. This will scare you. <laughs> And the other Good. one that not as scary but still pretty dark and pretty scary would be Alan Wake. Yes, I've played yeah. that one, but not publicly. <laughs> so yeah. that would be fun. The combat in that one made me so angry. I just thought it was interesting having a flashlight as your main weapon is pretty cool. Yeah, and I I never really learned how to use it the right way, so that's it's that been would years. be wild. It's yeah. been years since I played it. I might have to try to find it. I think I beat it right before they even announced the remaster, which made me angry because I was like, you know, if I had just waited, I could have played the remaster. In HD. Yeah. But I digress. Graphics. Yeah. It, it upscaled. It wasn't even a problem, but, you know. But uh, where do you stream? Is it Twitch? Or, or Yes, I stream on Twitch. My username is Brianna Plays Games. Super original. Well, uh, it makes it it's easy to remember. I yeah. mean, yeah, and then you, you know what you're getting. <laughs> there's, there, there's no false advertisement here. Yeah. Yes, I stream every Tuesday. I'm trying to figure out a weekend stream, but it's just kind of all over the place because weekends are usually when I run around. Okay, so Brianna plays games. Yes. I know what I'm doing two days from now then. <laughs> it's at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, excellent. Right. So if that is all for uh the first portion of the show uh should we go ahead and move into last night in soho i'm ready yeah, i'm ready so for those of you who don't know about last night in soho let me give you a quick synopsis here last night in soho centers around a young and aspiring fashion student named ellie who is new to london being very shy and introverted she doesn't really click with any of the more preppy mean girl types that are also attending the school as the movie progresses, Ellie starts getting visions of a young woman named Sandy as she tries to make it in the entertainment industry in Soho in the 60s. Ellie loves the flash and glamour of this woman's story and even helps her creatively as she's trying to make it herself as a fashion designer. However, this story takes a dark turn as the seedy underbelly of 60s Soho starts to surface and suddenly these visions go from a dream to a nightmare and refuse to leave her alone. And I totally did not just read that off a piece of paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's that's pretty good for yeah. just off the cuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I certainly didn't uh, write it down before recording just to make sure I didn't slip up. Yeah. <laughs> I had bullet points because I wasn't sure if I was supposed to summarize it or not. So you, you made no, we, me feel a lot better. No, yeah. we, we learn from our mistakes because we used to do that. And uh we learned from our mar mistakes, so we we're like, all right, we have to. We had a full conversation about this after one episode. Yeah. Like, we have to write this down before we start going over it because we're just like all over the place when trying to describe this movie. Yeah, yeah. It also feels like that. Like whenever somebody asks me about a book I like, and they're like, "Oh, give me a summary," I'm like, "Oh God, I suddenly don't know any book I've read in my life." <laughs> but this is a spoiler, a spoiler yes. review because it's been out for months, so. If yeah. you hadn't seen it, you're doing yourself a disservice because the way yes. I've been describing this movie is that it's a roller coaster. It is. Yes. Directed by Edgar Wright. So for those of you who are familiar with Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, um, 
this movie's nothing like any of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are not around to save the day with some slapstick comedy or anything like that. This is a straight up thriller delves into horror movie. Yes. But I would have loved a Nick Frost or Simon Pegg cameo. Just have him in the background somewhere. Uh, in the I think 60s it would have. I, in yeah. bar. Yeah. I think it would have taken. You know, it's it's funny because I watched this movie following watching Cruella. Oh so my god! I right. guess I've just been watching a lot of like '60s based fashion designer <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank you for this pick because yeah. this is one that I've been really meaning to watch, and it was great to have an excuse to finally watch it. Yeah, I. I feel bad because I waited a really long time to watch it because I, I saw a lot of critical reviews that were kind of tearing it apart. And the reaction, it seems like from people who, who have seen it, it's very polarizing. You either love it or you think it's the worst thing you've ever seen. Well, what I think I've, I told Dave, the story for me is about six or seven out of 10. The visuals and cinematography are a 10 out of 10. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful movie. This movie is great. Now, with any movie, the way I, I believe, once you get past the 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of the story setup, once you hit that 10, 15 minute mark, that movie kicks into high gear and doesn't slow down. Yes. And I can understand some of the things that people probably criticize it about. I haven't really watched any reviews because mm-hmm. I try to just, yeah. I try to just make my own reviews and get it out there and then see what other people have to say about it. Right. Yeah. So... I personally enjoyed it. It's one of the few movies that I've seen in a while where I watched it. And at the end, I was like, ah, you know what? That was a that was, as an experience, a movie going experience. That was a good movie. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. It's very it's a very enjoyable film. Yes. And it, it helps that I like the cast. I'm becoming a big, big fan of Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, yeah, I, I am as well. It. Yeah. Ever since I saw her in Queen's Gambit, I've been uh, I've been yeah, I've been a real big fan of hers. And uh Mackenzie Thompson, I believe is the Oh yeah, play. she's great. Thompson McKenzie, yeah. Thompson McKenzie who uh, I had seen before in Jojo Rabbit. Oh, she is in that. I wonder She was she the she was the familiar. Jewish girl and That's right. And so she's only 21 and so far she's worked with Taika Waititi and now Edgar Wright. Oh and, yeah. She's, she's taken off. <laughs> yeah. And I think her and Anya Taylor-Joy are going to be, uh, well, they kind of are. Anya Taylor-Joy is kind of right now are definitely going to be like the big it female actresses um, of the next couple of years, in my opinion. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I would agree with that. But uh, before I praise it a little more, I, uh, let me just go ahead and just say some of the stuff that I can understand people having issues with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole Mean Girl plot was kind of unnecessary. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Um, but you kind of needed it for her to move out of the dorms, though. Not really, because you could have just had her. I mean, the, the, it wouldn't have taken away from anything if you just said, all right, this is where she's living now. Mm-hmm. If she, if they she just, could have made the dorm disgusting even yeah. and then she you know she's just like i don't want to live here it's yucky yeah yeah you could have easily done that but i think the movie slows down every time because we already know that she's kind of like a fish out of water she's out of her element she's in she's in the city she's not used to being in the city right um yeah. i think that it was trying too hard with the whole mean girl subplot and <laughs> Do, do you ladies really all go to the bathroom at the same time just to badmouth somebody you don't like? <laughs> like well, I, I don't, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
Cause yeah. I always thought that was just a stereotype. Uh, stereotype. Um, yeah. I've known people to do that, but in my experience, usually if you go to the bathroom in a group, it's um, it's. And you're not the one there. Then that means oh, they're talking about you. If you're not yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you, I mean, you just help each other with makeup or something. I've never gone and talked bad about somebody in a bathroom personally. Very loudly and very just. Um, but yeah, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, what what about you guys? Uh, there's one or two other things, but we can we can do kind of like a roundtable type thing. Is, is there is there anything? Do you think that there's some justification for like some of the bad reviews? The thing that I saw that I would agree with the most is that going in, you think it's going to be about one thing, and then it kind of takes a turn, and it it's like the ghost story is one thing, but then when you bring in you know the idea of sexual assault and mm -hmm you know, all domestic violence and all that, it kind of makes it, I'm not, it doesn't like trivialize it, but it's weird to combine that with the ghost story. Are I you, feel like- you Are you saying like the message is lost a little bit? Yes, yes, it gets lost. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the whole, like men are the villain, that, that's fine, yeah. but it's, I don't know, it, it got muddled toward the end for me. It I did kind of get I'm a saying. little bit like, what are you trying to say here? Because the, the men were very much horrible but at the end it felt like you were supposed to try to sympathize with them yeah and yeah, that and that they're the <laughs> ghosts of the of the you know they were slaughtered and everything like that and it it, it felt like the movie was trying to be like you know you need to feel bad because they're like they, they're they're shot so pathetically like help us yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, and she does kind of help them, so it's it's real really weird because I'm like I don't know who I'm supposed to. If if I could yeah. compare it to something that mm -hmm. probably did, that did it better, it would be Paranorman. Yes, <laughs> which where, is funny. Which it's kind of the same thing where these zombies are are horrible. They did horrible things to this supposed bad character, but at the end you kind of sympathize with them with the message that they're the message that they're pushing. Right. Yeah. If I were to compare it. Yeah. I think yeah, that's a fair comparison. Yeah. That's pretty good. But um, I think I'd also say, <laughs> I, I don't know if I missed something, but if they were at the, zo uh, the zombies, if the <laughs> ghosts were trying to get help from Ellie, I don't know why they would come at her so terrifyingly. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where they're like grabbing her and holding her onto the bed. <laughs> that's not that's yeah. not how you get somebody to help you. No. <laughs> in my experience, the 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 way they get her to help is holding her to the bed, and the first words out of their mouth is "kill her." It, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not really comforting. No, in that's any not way. a good way to get help. <laughs> now I do got to ask: at any point in the movie, did you guys suspect that Sandy was actually alive? Um. I noticed at one point I noticed that the woman's name was Alexandra and I was like, that's yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. But that's, yeah. I just kind of thought it was a coincidence. Oh, I'd say about halfway through the movie, I was playing with the idea in my mind. All right. For some reason, I think that Sandy is alive and it's this old woman. And I think she faked her death. Oh my God. And then I thought maybe this woman killed Sandy. Mm -hmm. Maybe this woman killed Sandy and killed all of these other people. I didn't put it together that I, I didn't think to combine the two until near the end when when she was ha yeah. talking to the person and I was like, oh, she's going to find out that this is Alex. And yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a wild reveal. <laughs> so I was kind of right. Yes. Yes. 
I wasn't anywhere near that. But I think that makes a good movie is when you when the ending comes out of nowhere and you can't call it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But it's actually good. Like sometimes someone will try to make an out of nowhere ending and it falls flat, but this time it was really enticing. Around the time when she is talking to Leslie, the ex vice cop. Mm-hmm. After what happens to him, that's when I started going, all right, um, Ellie's kind of a menace. Yes. (laughs) Ellie is kind of ruining lives here. Um, Yeah, she goes kind of feral. I've been with her since the beginning, and I know all the visions she's seeing, and I know that she's telling the truth. But she's also responsible. She just got the only decent dude in all of London, got run over by a car. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just because she thought it was someone else. And... That uh, what what was the guy who liked her's name? Oh God, um, I could I can't remember his name, but that's like one of my main problems with this movie. I want to say John or something. Yeah. forgettable like the the, the the couple in this the, movie. It was a romance for just to have it in the movie. I thought yeah. it was. No I part. thought it was. I thought it was okay because, and the reason why I think it's okay is because the entire time when I was watching this guy on screen. At first, I thought, all right, what's this guy's angle? He's too nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to turn out he's trying to get something. And then it turns out, no, this dude is actually nice. And it, But it's you kind of get a little skeptical because everybody else in London has been nothing but, like, mean. Yes. So seeing this nice, genuinely nice guy is kind of like, all right, what's his, what's his deal? But then to find out, oh, no, this dude is actually... He's actually one of the nice guys, and he's he probably sees that she's also nice and... That romance didn't seem forced, but I will say the movie became a game of when is she going to get this guy killed? Yeah, I got really nervous anytime they were together because I was like, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And I couldn't like relax enough to really buy into the relationship. Yeah. And not to not to bring it around to this, but when they <laughs> there were a few instances where I thought, all right, this is going to get this guy killed. Yeah. Yes. And, I'm, and I was just thinking to myself, guys. Don't kill off your only black character. Yeah. He's, the, he's the only black character, and he's the only decent human being in the entire all of London. It seems like don't <laughs> and but but they painted him into a picture where he's in her room. His face his face is is covered in white paint. He looks like a crazy person, yeah. and yeah. she's screaming bloody murder, and he's in there with his pants down. Like that, that at that point, I'm like, oh my god, this is where this guy dies. Yeah, he's about to get murdered. <laughs> this guy's about to get shot. And, and, and dude, I know that you're a nice guy, and I can tell you that this does not look good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then when, you know, Alexandra appears and she's like, mm-hmm. I, I got so nervous. I was just, yeah. that whole scene, I was just so on edge. It was very tense because you're already playing it out in your mind, like, at this point, when you kind of know that that's Alex, you're, you're thinking, you're, whatever you do, do not drink what she hands you. Yeah. yeah. Don't interact <laughs> with her. Don't don't be yeah. alone with her. None of that. No, but that brings me to, like, one of my favorite scenes in the movie where I where she's in the library and, like, all the ghosts start coming to her while she's awake. Oh, I yes. literally thought she was going to stab him then, and then he actually stops her from killing her old roommate. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, it was a game, again, of just, yeah. like, who is Ellie going to kill <laughs> by accident? That yeah. scene made my stomach hurt because I yeah. was so anxious. <laughs> oh, that, that kind of reminds me of the other con of this. I think I wrote down, like, only two or three cons. The other one is, um, I never really like it in movies where 
they go to the police that obviously don't believe her. Like, yeah. whenever, whenever a character who's right, I mean, we've seen that she has these visions, so we know she's telling the truth, but I don't think I've ever had a character like be like, all right, well, I can't tell this to anybody. This, I wouldn't believe me if I go yeah. went to the police and told them this. Right. Yeah. So, but we had to sit there for like the couple minutes with her explaining it to the police. And then they're like, are you sure you're not crazy? Or are you, does, does craziness run in your family? Did anybody slip you into <laughs> drugs? And it's like, well, yes to all of that, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were drugs, but it's not, it's not drug ghosts. It's just regular ghosts. There weren't yeah. my drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That usually, I mean, I know you have to paint the picture of, her being kind of like on her own because nobody believes her. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 kind of like with the Mean Girls thing that you, I know you're trying to say something, like you're trying to say that she's a fish out of water and that she doesn't get along with people. And in this and with the whole police officer thing, you're trying to paint she's on her own because nobody believes her. At this point in the story, we're well aware of that. Yeah. Right. You don't have to you, you don't have to push it so hard. Yeah. We kind of get it. Right, we already get it. We're invested. We've bought into it. Now, on the other hand, the stuff that I don't have a problem with, like I mentioned earlier, are the visuals are freaking beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. The neon and the the bright colors, I love. Isn't there a scene where she's in she's in an alley and it's raining? Um, yeah, uh, yes, like yes, yes. Sandy, yeah. Yeah, the light. Uh, the light reflecting off the water in that scene. I was just like, oh, it's so beautiful. Edgar Wright plays with a lot of reflections in this movie, like seeing Ellie in a reflection. So yes. you can tell that it's Anya Taylor-Joy's character. She's seeing it through her eyes. And I'm a sucker. My favorite shot in all like movies is when you have a long tracking shot that doesn't have any cuts in it. Yes. And it's, it's the scene with Anya Taylor-Joy, and she's starting to realize the kind of seedy underbelly that she's in and she like mm-hmm. goes downstairs and you get a glimpse of, into each of these rooms of what's going on you see a girl uh ODing off of drugs you see uh, another one uh, going down on one of the johns and you see yeah. you see another one like uh dressing up for uh, uh one of the shows that she's doing and it just kind of pokes its head into each of the rooms and goes down the hallway with no cuts or if there is a cut is very well hidden and i'm a sucker for those kind of shots oh yeah yeah they're hard to pull off. Oh yeah, if especially if you do have a cut and you need to hide it, or well, that that's one thing. But to do a long shot where you have to get it right in one take, mm-hmm. that, that's oh, yeah. that's I respect. Even if a movie is bad, I respect any uh, cinematographer who tries to tries to do pull that off, shot because yeah. it's like yeah, like you said, it's not easy. The only other long take like that I can think of in in recent memory that I really enjoyed is um, in The Haunting of Hill House. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. That was my the one I was going to say. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I had a feeling. That's the other really good one, but I'm I'm also a sucker for a, a long, uninterrupted tracking shot. I was literally just about to uh, recommend Haunting of Hill House for that episode yes. alone. It's so good. But any, any excuse for me to push a Mike Flanagan uh, product, so. Oh, of course. Yeah, he's he's, he's, right now. he's at the top of my list of like, if if anyone were to direct to direct an adaptation of my stuff, he's like one of my dream choices. Uh, is it any particular one of your stories that you would be, that you're like, please, Mike Flanagan, just take a look at this. Um, I think he could have fun with Mouthful of Ashes, but I could also see him doing one a couple of the short stories in the Trick or Treater collection okay. um, that are a little more reality based. I mean, Midnight Mass does take kind of a departure, but. 
Um, I'm only one episode into that show. Okay, uh, well then I won't say anything else. <laughs> well, yes, uh, I'm. That's I have like so many things on my plate right now that I'm trying yeah. to watch and get into. But yeah, I totally Midnight get Mass. that. Midnight Mass is definitely one that I started not too long ago that I need to pick back up. I just started Archive 81 and I'm loving it so far. I had, I think I had about 12 people ask me if I had watched it. And then I was like, you know what? I guess I should watch this. You said Archive 81? Yes. I was actually thinking about starting that. I wasn't sure. So um, I'm really enjoying it. It, it yeah. does a good mix of found footage and um, it jumps between two timelines. And the way they transition is like basically through the found footage. I love well, that gives footage. people headaches, but yeah. I've, I've never been... Oh, no, I love it. I, yeah. I'm a sucker for it, too. Yeah. That's why people, that's one of the main things I've ever heard about people who complain about Blair Witch Project is that they can't get into, like, found footage and it gives them headaches with, like, shaky cam. It doesn't bug me. Yeah. No. no. Uh, I think Cloverfield made me sick. That's the only one I've ever watched where I did not feel well. I guess it depends shaking. if the shaking is warranted or if they are shaking the camera just to remind the audience, hey, this is found footage. Yeah, yeah, it's like, look, it's not a professional crew. It's like, yeah, but people also stand still sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't always run. Yeah, taking yes. shots. Yeah. But yes, Edgar, but this movie last night in Soho, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to uh, mention. I mean, yes, oh yeah, the guy's name is John, because I have in my notes, it became a game of when is John going to die. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember John. thinking it was funny that his name is John, considering... All, you the know, all the Johns yeah. that are a problem. That's, I don't know if that that's was how on I remembered. purpose or not. Yeah. All right. Um, before, uh, before we move on from that, let's just talk about the very end of it. Yes. Of last night in Soho. So last night in Soho, it ends with Sandy, I guess, realizing she's gone too far and yeah. decides to um, go just, down with the ship. just go down with the ship. Now, I can't be the only one who was thinking if I were Ellie please don't kill yourself until after you tell the cops that I, I am not responsible for like stabbing John downstairs. Cause I did grab the knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I was thinking about that when, when Sandy was just like giving up. I, my fiance was kind of getting frustrated with me because I was like, no, you have to go to trial. You have to stay in trial. You have to pay for this. That you wasn't even that. I don't even care that. She, out in the cold like that. I didn't even care that she killed herself. I just wanted to be like, Hey, look, you need to clear Ellie of these crimes first. You need to, because as of right now, oh, there is yeah. a, there's yeah, a bleeding, there's a bleeding man downstairs. And the last person to hold that knife was Ellie. Well, well I the, think with the house fire, they would have discovered all the bodies in the wall. Unless she, unless she disposed two of them. Two together. No, I'm pretty sure they made it clear that the, she disposed of them in the walls of the house. Oh, that was so gross. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would make sense, but I, I, even still, that's still, I don't know. I just kept thinking that, like, you know, because she does have that history of like mental illness running in her family, and that, but that wouldn't explain why what's his name is is sitting there stabbed, and Ellie's prints are on the knife, and um, but he also survives. He's like, hey, she didn't yeah. do it. Now that thing with her mother, mm -hmm. to me, that whole thing didn't go anywhere. Um, it doesn't. I think it exists just to show that you know she's in tune with ghosts. I guess, and not everything needs to be explained, I guess, but, I mean, they made it seem like there was, that was supposed to mean something when she, like, saw her mom at the end with a reflection. Yeah, my yeah. my fiancé was so confused. He's like, wait, is she her mother? Is she possessed by her mother? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think it's that. 
It's it's not yeah. that. It was I, I I get that they were we were all uh, the people who I were watching it with were trying to think. All right, what what does this whole her mom thing have to do with anything? Do you, do you think that her mom's gonna come in and help fight the ghosts away or something? Yeah, I I don't know. Plus, I, I, they're like, oh yeah, when she went to London, she committed suicide. Are you gonna elaborate on that at all in this movie? Uh, no, I I, no. I forgot about yeah. that part. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much else going on. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. Once, once Edgar Wright starts, you know, kicking into high gear, there's like, spe- there's stuff going on in the background. There's stuff going on in the foreground. There's stuff happening at a very quick pace that you might miss something. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's about time that we get to kills. Usually at the end of these things, <laughs> yes. um, at the end of our reviews, we talk about our favorite kills of the movie. Our favorite kill of the movie. Um. This one's kind of tough just because other than Leslie dying, uh, that, that was his name, right? The cop, the uh, vice cop. Uh, yeah, I think so. Leslie. Uh, other than him it's dying. Very, it is very shocking when yes. it happens. I will uh, say that. Other than that, um, there's just a quick montage of of Sandy, like just stabbing dudes to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead of kill of the movie, since it, there's no real variety in this, how about we yeah. say your favorite scene of the movie? Oh, that's still hard for me. Um, um, and you can think about it for a second. Uh, uh, and I and I'll eliminate the one that I already said that I was a sucker for the uh, long tracking shot. Yeah, that's fair. So I'll I'll eliminate that one from that. Um, just so uh, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll I'll go first so you guys can think real quick. Okay. Um, just it's not limited to one specific scene, but I'd say the first time that she goes and visits the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and what I was thinking too. All all of the reflection shots. Oh god, they're so they're so good. They they do it a lot between showing her walking down a long flight of stairs and uh just a reflection when Anya Taylor-Joy is hooking up with Matt Smith's character and she's yeah. looking at herself and Thomasin McKenzie's looking back at her. I I thought that was really nice. I I one might argue they were used too much like yeah, we get it, but I I liked them. I was uh, I was really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did as well. So yeah. I'll say all those reflection shots just because I thought I thought that was really cool, and it makes me want to go yeah. back and see if there were other like hidden reflection shots like yeah. uh, that aren't as in your face. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I'll say that. Uh, I would have to go with uh, when Sandy was introduced. Just oh. that entire scene when they she first goes to the sixties. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Really shows. Anya Taylor Joyce, like her screen presence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she just steals the entire shot, and she can sing. Yeah. Yes. Also, yeah. I do want to shout out the score and the soundtrack for this movie were amazing. Oh yeah, I, I, it really fun. just fed into everything perfectly. Um, did anybody get um, Pulp Fiction vibes when she and Matt Smith were dancing on the floor? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I had also Are... just watched Pulp Fiction, so I was like, "Oh yeah. wow!" Somebody's a fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And uh, so what about you there, Brianna? Um, mine would have to be a tie between when she takes John back to her flat and there's all the, you know, spooky imagery and she's mm. having a panic attack and a nervous breakdown all at once. Yeah. Or That was definitely the most tense moment in the movie. Yeah. yeah, I would say that or the library scene because the moment it cut back to her and she had the scissors up, I was like, oh my God, that's that was very close. Yeah. And I thought they were very well done. It really, I, I feel like they did a great job of putting you in 
in her headspace and really emphasizing how anxious and uncomfortable she was. It, um, whether it be dialogue or scenes, Edgar Wright knows how to write cringy, uncomfortable scenes. Yes. Because <laughs> at, at, even at this point, we've been with Ellie since the beginning, and we know she's technically in the right, but at the same time, we have to look back and be like, this does not look good. You're not, you were, yeah. uh, you're not handling this as well as you could. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I understand why you have the scissors and you're trying to stab this person, but you, you cannot stab a person. Yeah. With scissors. And don't be alone. Like, don't split up. Have somebody next to you so you can at least have somebody to be like, hey, Ellie, everything is okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or be pull like, her back oh. to reality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or stop you from, from, from leading a poor old vice cop out into the street so he can get run over. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah. You chose probably the two most tense moments of the, uh, of the, uh, movie. of the movie, which is good. Good, good pick. Um, yeah, that I was just sitting there in such dread when John and her were going back to the apartment or to the house because yeah, you as the viewer, as the viewer, you know that she is like not in a stable spot right now. But at the yeah. same time, yeah. you're also like you can understand that she doesn't want to be alone either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not like she can say what's happening. She'll sound crazy. It, it, everything was just. Yeah. Everything was just so uncomfortable, but it made sense why it was the way it is. Yeah, it yeah. definitely. This actually jumped up to, um, was this number two on your favorite foreign uh, horror film, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, it was number two, so. What's so. your number one? Number one is uh, Foxtrap. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Yeah. I, don't I hear I, that one mentioned often. I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, still need to. I it's think good. it's still on Shutter, yeah. It was that, or I was said I was going to watch the uh, Scare Campaign. Scare Campaign's a good one too. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, that one's the Australian one, right? Yeah. Oh, did you watch Old Boy yet? I have not. No. Oh, Old Boy is so good. Yeah, I told I told him uh, I I haven't seen it. I just know the messed up part of it, <laughs> the uh, the the yeah. part that it's known for. Yes. <laughs> um, without giving it away. So I now I haven't seen the the newest one, the one with J- uh, Josh Brolin. I just know of the uh, of the Korean version. Oh, no, just don't watch the Josh Brolin one. That's what I told him because I said I don't know if they cut any of the horrible stuff out. So, um, yeah, so just watch that if you haven't already. Um, old yeah. boy. That brings us pretty much to the end of this episode. This was... Again, probably one of our more favorite movies that we got to review. So yeah, this well, was that's good. I'm glad I picked it. Then. Oh yeah. So we had only mentioned it before when we had Jamie Stewart on the on the show, and yeah. it was like the weekend before it was it coming was the out. Day, no, it was the day it was coming out. He oh, it was on. the day it was coming out, and we were on yeah. an Edgar Wright. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, we were talking about all of those uh, Shaun of the Dead. Hot Fuzz and At World's End. We were just talking all everything Edgar Wright. Yeah. So let's this, come back to this one. Yeah, and uh, we hope that you'll come back again. We'll we'll definitely have to have you back on, especially around March when you're 
uh, when your new uh, book comes out. Yeah, I'd love I'd love that. Thank you. Hopefully your next no no pressure. Hopefully your next <laughs> pick will be just as good as last night in Soho. Yeah. We'll we'll see what else comes out. I will say that I was torn between last night in Soho and um, Candyman, so that was oh, I a seen really that. hard choice. It feels you know I rerun a yeah a horror podcast, but every time somebody mentions a thing, I, I've seen a lot of horror movies, but every one that gets mentioned, I'm like, nope, I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's a lot of the newer ones I don't really get to watch. Yeah, it's it's like I've seen a lot of things. I can't see them all. Yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> no one can. Yeah. But thank you again for coming on the show. Before we uh, sign off here, um, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Sure. I am in way too many places online. I'm on uh, Twitter as Brianna Morgan Books. No, I'm on Twitter as Brie Morgan Books. I'm on Instagram as Brianna Morgan Books. And I'm on TikTok as... Brianna Morgan books. I'm also, as we mentioned on Twitch, as Brianna plays games. If you want to see me get terrified, that sounds fun. I I so definitely fun. want to see you get terrified. So I will yeah. log <laughs> in uh, every Tuesday. Yeah. Good. And all my books are available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, just about everywhere, with the exception of um, the Trick or Treater Christmas. That's only on Amazon. Most excellent. And as for the Body Bag Podcast, I'm going to just hesitate before saying uh, who our next guest is, just because everything usually, a lot of times it's up in the air. Uh, sometimes things have to get moved around and we never know this when time this time it's, uh, it's confirmed. For oh, so it's confirmed? Yeah. Oh, so go ahead and let us know then, Dave. Yeah. So uh, next week we'll be reviewing It Comes at Night with uh, Ooh. Mona Bonnie. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. She's a, she's awesome too. Yeah, it, it comes at night. Uh, is that on Netflix? Yes. Okay. I oh yes. All right. Now now I remember. I remember uh, her mentioning this a little while ago. Yes, it comes at night. So that'll be a lot of fun. And I believe we also in the middle of all that we'll be having some more top tens uh, kind of sprinkled out throughout the season. I think mine's coming up soon. The uh, next hashtag Chris hates. Yeah. Which uh, <laughs> the hashtag Chris hates bad endings. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Actually, yep. And one, your next one coming up is your top ten favorite body horror movies. Yeah, that one we coming out too. So, so a lot, lot of good stuff coming up. A lot of fun stuff. And thanks again, Brianna, for coming on. You've been a delight. And yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. You always have an open invitation whenever you want to just come in and geek out about stuff. I really appreciate that. And so from uh, Body Bag Podcast, I've been Chris Thomas. Brianna Morgan's here with us, and Broke Writer Dave, as always. Have a good week, everyone. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Body Bag Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a comment as to what you'd like to hear us review or any horror movie topics you'd like to hear us rant and rave about. And while you're at it, you can find us on Twitter at Body Bag Pod and on Instagram at Body Bag Podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.